if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me, though I have to travel far. Remember me with my share. Won't resent, won't despair. Old and bent, I won't care. I'll have spent one day out there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of O Town Dreamers. Uh, me and Sage are here, not above Pilar's. For this episode, we no, are in fact. We're actually like on the ground. We're it's on the, the opposite carpet. of upstairs. <laughs> we are as close to the earth as possible, unless, you know, we were outside. Um, so we are coming to you live from my house. And today is a very special episode because Sage and I will be uh, talking to you guys, just the two of us. You're going to get to know a little bit more about us, and you're going to play a fun resume game with us, as well as talk a little bit about um, how we approach the subject of failure and rejection and all those things that may be obstacles to a lot of people and uh but it's also gonna be a really fun episode as well so stay tuned for this one yes girl our drinks are poured we are ready we are ready we're on the carpet um and obviously um because you are much better with words than i am before we begin do you want to tell all the people at home why we are here of course so o-town dreamers podcast is a, a resource for aspiring performers who want to be uh making this their career so it's just as realistic as doing any other sensible job quote unquote like a doctor or an accountant um, and we want to be a resource for everybody out there who wants to perform for a living and we'll show you why O-Town, a.k.a. Orlando, is the place to do that. Exactly. Especially if it's just a base. If it's a base that you just want to be here and learn, you know, grow your talents and, and training and then go pursue your dreams elsewhere, it's a great place to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Preach. Um, uh, so we don't really have a lot of news. Not a ton of news. Um, we released an episode earlier this week with our amazing guests, Will and Anthony. Um, so that was where our news was. I did say I saw Mary Poppins last night and it was very good. Yes. Yes. I cried way more than I should have. Oh. But it was very... <laughs> but an emotional person, Christina. It's okay. It's I, fine. Disney magic is real. Okay? It is. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, but Mary Poppins was super good. So congrats to the entire cast and creative team behind it. It was really, really good. But um, we actually want to give you a behind the curtain sneak peek of O-Town Dreamers based on questions some of you have asked. Absolutely. First off, uh, so the, <laughs> I had a, a couple of people ask, um, why, why the music choices at the beginning? Like, what, uh, you know, what are you doing? Like, why don't you just get to the stuff? And one, we just like music. Yeah. We live in music. So <laughs> that's the first, I just burped. <laughs> that's the first statement. Um, the, the second reason is listen to the music because that music actually has to do with who the guests are and what they're doing. Uh, for example, John Conan, uh, if you listen, it was the, he talked a lot, a lot about being Barney Rubble and the Flintstones. And uh, what we did is we put 
made the Flintstones theme song. That was the first song you heard. And he talked about King Kong. And so we put a little King Kong homage to him for the music in there. It's kind of just foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. But specifically for Anthony and Will, I actually put a couple of their demos in the in the opening little music. So listen to the music, and that'll kind of give you a sense of um, a sense of you know who the guests are and uh, fun foreshadowing. Yes, I love that, and it gives something. It's it's a, it gives a new intro every single episode, um, and it gives you a little bit of a musical musical intro and I, we love that here at o-town dreamers we love music and musical intros so we're, we're whimsical we're, we're whimsical whimsical it's like a popsicle but for women oh <laughs> close <laughs> um uh, christina why don't you tell people a lot of people say hey uh you're very vague at times when you talk about people's jobs or sure all these kind of things why don't you tell people why we're um vague as sure well? So uh, here at O-Town Dreamers, we talk a lot about the theme parks. And of course, we want to keep the magic intact. So that's really it. Um, You know, you can draw your own conclusions, but basically we want to talk about the shows, of course, that you are able to see and that we have been lucky to be involved with. But um, we would like to <laughs> keep our jobs. So yeah, you could get in some serious trouble if we were to, re- uh, you know, reveal anything too secretive. Um, the, basically, the rule is we can talk about like if the show is closed or you no longer work for the company, mm-hmm. we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if we um, but if the show is still open, we're still working for the company, blah, blah, blah. That is, you know, very, very bad areas. Yeah. And, you know, we want to keep the magic alive for everybody out there. And because, you know, that's what that's what draws you to Orlando pretty much in the first place is the magic of the theme parks, uh, Disney and Universal and all of that. So we just we're, we're we are people of integrity here <laughs> and integral people. So for all you 12 year olds out there listening, we, uh, <laughs> we definitely will keep the magic alive for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, um, I, uh, I just want to re- uh, peel back the curtain on just the people messaging us, uh, about the podcast. And a lot of people have, uh, reached out and said, Hey, I have a story. I would love to share it on your podcast. Uh, and we love that by the way. Oh my Can't gosh. thank you guys enough for listening and supporting. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And that's the whole reason I wanted to bring it up is to keep going. I had a couple, uh, a couple people reach out and say, Hey, will you do an episode uh, about uh, musicians? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Oh, in the Orlando area. It's like, absolutely. We'll definitely make that. We're going to get there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, to everybody, uh, we please send us all your messages. If you have a story to share, um, even if you're from a different state or from a different country, um, uh, podcasting through Skype is super easy. We would love to have you on and share your story. Yes. We would love that. That would be awesome. So uh, reach out to us on um, uh, otowndreamers at gmail.com or Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear from you. All right, so first thing we're going to get into is, you know, how we play games with our guests. Well, we're the guests on this episode, so we're going to play games with each other. Oh, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> and we're going to get started with a game that you may recognize from episode number one called Resume Set Go. So just like before, we're going to um, grab some shows that we've been in um, in our career and the first word that comes to mind, 
we're going to say them. And then we'll delve into and unpack some of the more interesting answers. And we'll stay with the theater category because like we just talked about, you know, if we go into the theme park, we will reveal things. And we don't want to do that. No. <laughs> so let's stay on the theater aspect. Uh, okay. All right. We're going to play. We're going to play um, rock, paper, scissors real quick. Amazing. Ready? All right. Whoever loses has to go first. Okay. Rock, rock, paper, scissors, scissors. Oh, wait. No, rock, oh, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Yeah. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Okay, so you lose, which means I'm going to ask you the questions first. What? That, that's, <laughs> okay. I, that's uh, the, the rules I just made up. Um, oh, oh, you want to go filming commercial? Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to obviously go through your live performance things, but I'm not going to give anything away. Perfect. But I'll also do some of your... Film and commercials. Amazing. You have more than that than I do. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll get into that arena too. Oh, girl. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if I feel like it. Um, all right. You ready? I'm ready. Shrek the Musical. Incredible. Company. Mm, old. Spring Awakening. Uh, first experience. Vocal Flash. Mmm, sassy. <laughs> uh, Ragdoll. Ooh, um, late. <laughs> Bonafide Clyde. Exposed. <laughs> Wanderer. Um, scenic. Shadow and noise. Fun. And, and squirrel trouble. Learning. Okay, all right, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's about. That was about ten. Um, all right. <laughs> Wait, you, I mean, I, we all know what happens in Spring Awakening. Who were you in Spring Awakening? I was one of the girls. I was Anna. Okay. What What did you say? You said first time? First experience. First experience? Which yeah. Which is funny because that, that show is... <laughs> that show is very sexual. So <laughs> <laughs> first experience. No, that was my first um, community play outside of high school. So that was the first time I ventured out of the school sphere into community theater um, back home in Oregon. So that was my first experience doing that. And it was it was great. There was one, was, did you say vulnerable? What did you say? Exposing. Exposing. What was that? What was that The Wanderer? So, no, Bonafide Clyde. Bonafide Clyde. That was a full sale film that I did when I first got to Florida and I was on my CP and I was so jazzed that somebody from Full Sail was like, hey, I want you to do my film. And so I was the alien in that film. Okay. But an I... alien that wore a very low cut Noise. dress. Yeah. So my... <laughs> My chest was very exposed for all of the shots, and it was my first time kind of being on film in that way and seeing myself very booby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, girl. I oh, mean, thank you. if you got it, work it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and I have to know, and this isn't even about what you said, I just, I got to know what Squirrel Trouble is. Squirrel Trouble. So what is a Squirrel Trouble? <laughs> it was a short film that we did back in Oregon. Um, Were of, there squirrels and did they cause trouble? <laughs> there was a very, um, very agreeable puppet squirrel okay. that <laughs> we used for the, for the movie. And it was basically how this woman was being traumatized by the squirrel that wouldn't leave her house. And it was a comedy and it was very funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you have like a copy of it? I need to see it. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> All right. We're going to, we're going to put the YouTube link <laughs> in the show. In the notes. description. In the show <laughs> in the notes. It's perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Good job. <laughs> we're, we're learning so much about each other. I know. Right. All right. You can okay. just do the 
It's Sage's turn, y'all. So there's theater or live performances. Okay. One you want to do. All right, here we go. Peter and the Starcatcher. Mm, um, words. Music Man. Bad. Into the Woods. Uh, crotch. Oh, Cat in the Hat. Uh, oh, um, uh, Balls. Avenue Q. <laughs> Puppet Sex. <laughs> uh, Reefer Madness, the musical. Oh, My Wife. Ooh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, uh, voice. Schoolhouse Rock Live. <laughs> Too old. Uh, and Frank and me. Oh, oh, um, uh, Nazi. Oh, duh. All right. <laughs> so I really want to unpack balls. <laughs> cat in the Hat. It's really not that bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I will say cat. Uh, so I did Cat in the Hat at the uh, Orlando Repertory Theater in 2012. Um, and it was one of those shows where it, the show was only 30 minutes. It was one of those theater for young audience shows. And uh, we basically, it was all physical comedy. Uh, the entire thing was narrated. And we were like, we had like maybe four lines between all of us. And uh, it was all like, you know, puppetry and um, what's the word? Mimes, mm-hmm. mime work. Uh, but basically, there was a scene. Where, it, you know, you've read, you read the book, right? Yeah. Ken had <laughs> It's I required mean, reading, as one does. Right. <laughs> and so what happens is, is uh, um, you know, he stands on that ball, and he's holding all those things. And mm. so there's no, like, there was no wires. They were like, no, you're going to stand on this ball, and you're going to hold all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some magnets. So, what, so how the scene started, though, was um, I was supposed to hold my right hand out, and then, a, and then someone from Austin was supposed to chuck a ball at me, and I was supposed to catch it without looking. And then I would hold my left hand out, and then someone would chuck a ball from the other side of the stage, and I would I would catch it. And it never worked. I mean, every time it would like they would they would throw the ball, and I, just, yeah. I would see it zoom past my face, and I would like <gasps> smile at the audience, and then pick, oh no, <laughs> and then pick it up. <laughs> and then yeah, and then I would proceed to climb on this actual ball and like hold all these things, and it was it was terrifying it was oh good. Yeah. got it okay so, balls balls that's <laughs> exactly where i thought it would go right um into the woods oh gosh um i said crotch didn't yes I? you did uh so i played jack and in into the woods um and it took place in a library so it was different it was like they did this whole like weird new thing with it if you're familiar with the show and it was just my costume piece like straight up, yeah, I had these. I had this. I had these weird pants that had this crotch flap, just because I was like, it was a young Jack or something, and it's the weird crotch flap. But every time I would like bend down, it would just the crotch flap would just like expand. And it was just weird. So that's the one thing I take away from the show. Oh man, costuming. <laughs> costuming can be weird sometimes. I'm yeah. sure many theater people can relate to that. Crotch, um, crotch flap, the musical coming to. <laughs> Um, you said wife for... Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah. That's just where I met her. We were doing um, a theater, ma- uh, theater downtown for people who are familiar with the Orlando area. Uh, that theater is no longer around, which is a bummer. Um, but we did Reefer Madness at Theater Downtown and Reefer Madness the musical. And it was based off of the... Um, it was based off of the like the old 1920s propaganda yeah thing and so we did uh i was jimmy and she was mary uh who were the love interests mm-hmm. and uh we 
met there and there was a connection and we couldn't be together at the time because we were with other people mm-hmm. um, and then month or month or two went past and we got together and it's all very cute and exciting they're married now we're married now <laughs> so, uh, six seven years later oh so. oh my heart love love is love love oh. is love is love that's the theater you really can find so much in the theater including love what for others and, and oneself let's talk about that how do you feel about that like Dating in the theater? Dating in the industry. That was actually a question uh, girl. later because a lot of people, and I'll bleep this out, but they're, they're like, don't shit where you eat, girl. Mm. So I'm mm-hmm. like, but I struggle. I can't date. I, I, I could never be with any. I can't date anymore because I'm married. Um, <laughs> but uh, I could never be with anyone who wasn't in the industry. Like I want, right. I liked that mutual thing. Mutual understanding of what you guys do. Yeah, um, it's it's funny because it would happen all the time. Like oh back in high school, we would all date each other. We were spending so much time around each other in, sure. the, in the theater department, and we would all date each other, and we would all have our love dramas happen around <laughs> each other. And even after high school, like dating somebody in a show was like, yeah, wait till the show's over at least, and oh. then you know do stuff with each other. Oh my god! Um, date each other, and then whatever. Do stuff with each other. Well, at least for me, like I couldn't date somebody while I was doing a show. That was that was very weird for me. It was very unprofessional. Good and I for could you. Only be professional, whatever. <gasps> and so I would wait till after the show was over to really like pursue it. Um, and then now, like we we are obviously in the industry, and I'm dating a musician, and it's it's work. It works, you know. He's so. a, he's a drummer. <laughs> but it's like it's separate enough to be like. Oh, we have different interests and we're like different people. But you understand. But we understand the performing aspect. Yeah. The worst is though when you like, when you've dated someone in the industry and then all of a sudden you're in a show with them as an ex. Yeah. But then you're a love interest in the show. (laughs) That happened. So like, oh, that's crazy. I dated this girl a long time ago and then we got cast in Baby together. Mm. And we were supposed to. be in love and have a baby in the show and i was like hey so, so remember that time it was pretty cool oh man that sounds excruciating i'm i'm the worst i'm a terrible human being <laughs> okay so uh so here obviously we'll go we'll come to the uh question portion of our of our interview podcast for the getting to know us mm-hmm. um, yes. uh, and so we were talking today and uh we kind of went this route uh i i wrote 10 questions and she wrote 10 questions we may not be able to get to all of them uh, but uh neither of us know what these questions are mm-hmm. we literally have had no time to prepare we, typically we like to uh, another behind the curtain we like to send our guests you know mm-hmm. some of the questions just so they're not thrown off guard and um, they have time to think about the questions and answers. And they can be like, hey, this question, I can't answer this because of my work or whatever. Um, but we have no idea what these questions are. So it's just all real, all real reactions. So uh, yep. I hope it gets real weird and personal, Christina. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it absolutely <laughs> will. Especially given the fact that we've had a little bit of Malibu rum. So. Malibu rum. <laughs> all right. Take it away, mama. Or do, right. do you want to start? Let me start. Yeah, I can start. Okay. All right. So Sage Starkey, my first question for you. Ooh. Is when did you start performing n- non-professionally and professionally? Non-professionally? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so my parents, I just, uh, I always knew that I was going to be a performer because my parents were both um, 
performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they well, both were at uh, performers at Disney as well. Um, so I think like I have videotapes of like me. <laughs> I'm revealing a lot in 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 wearing nothing but capes pantyhose and like dancing to like city of angels oh what's up yeah i I swear to god i'm straight um (laughs) and uh so i like always knew i wanted to perform so i think the first time i performed non-professionally was um i was like five years old and i played the mayor of munchkin land in a production in denver colorado at the arvada center and uh i got the most laughs (laughs) oh there you go because i like put on this accent it was like Munchkinland, and they were like, "That kid's making choices. He's hilarious." Making choices. <laughs> so, Tip number one: make choices. Make choices. And then uh, the second, and then uh, the first time I performed professionally, uh, I was. Uh, were you theater or theme parks? Both. Okay. Well, I got hired. I got hired to be in the in characters uh, as a puppeteer at Disney World uh, when I was 16 years old. I left the company and then I went back to it. Um, so that was the first theme park. I was I was a puppeteer. It was very Ooh, exciting. Nice. And then uh, um, uh, for theater, I was, do you remember those old books, The Berenstain Bears? Of course. Yeah, they did a production of The Berenstain Bears live on stage. Live. And I was the bully too tall when I was 17 years old and I got paid two, uh, $250 a week. It was dope. Wow. That's a... <laughs> Stipend, right? You know? and I, I got I got pulled out of school for half the day for four months. It was awesome. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Shoot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I want to ask you those questions, but no. Uh, let's see. Let's we can go back and forth. Okay. I was like, I'm curious about you. Um. Okay. My. Or okay. This is very similar. But what is your earliest memory performing, acting, or singing? Like it. It can literally be when you were two years old or. What's what's your first memory of you performing? Um, I was similarly five years old, yes. and I was in kindergarten, and we did a production of uh, the Caps for Sale. It was a book of this man who was a salesman, and he would sell caps, like different colored caps, and he would wear them all on his head. That's a book. I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a production of that, and I was the salesman. Come on. I don't even know what I did to get cast as the salesman. Come on, but gender bend. Yes, like they let <laughs> me do it. And so I just remember being in my old little 90s outfit of like a teal squiggly line shirt. Yes. <laughs> and like a teal pants, and like my matching little outfit. And I would wear all these caps on my head. And I remember singing, caps for sale, caps for sale, 50 cents a cap. Yes. And I would like sleep under the tree. <laughs> and I, 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 There's not even like a video of me doing this. I just distinctly remember doing this in the auditorium of my elementary school. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Bringing books to life. Yeah. Since 1992. Seven. Seven. That's when I was five. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out when you were born. Oh, uh, yeah. 92. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Uh, nice. So ahead. my second question uh, for the stage Starkey. Stage? Stage. Stage Either Starkey. way, I'll take it. Um, do you prepare way ahead of time or do you do better under pressure? Oh, man. So I'm like a, down to the wire. I'm a huge pressure guy uh, and I and I shouldn't be and I would be much better if I was a prepared guy. Um, I struggle 
Uh, well, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm just lazy. I don't think I'm lazy, but I straight, I like auditions are the specifically, specifically are the worst for me. So like, they're like, hey, you got on, you have an audition in two weeks. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Going to party, and <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, oh, I got an audition tomorrow. <laughs> better figure that, better figure that out. Uh, so I do that, and I'm just, I'm so bad about that. Um, but I'm also like. I'm also, I think that equates to not being uh, a rehearser. I'm much more like, I, I like being in front of people. And I think that's what brings out my performer instincts and yeah. energy more than, you know, rehearsing just you and me. And then we're like, you know, trying to figure some stuff out. Right. I'm, I'm never going to give it my all. <laughs> I know that's so bad. I'm getting better about it. I am. But I am much more of an under pressure guy in front of people. All those kind of things. Yeah, I could yeah. totally relate to that. I'm the same way. Okay, uh, I guess this is kind of a double question. Oh, so when did you realize that this uh, is what you wanted to do, or, or ha and have you ever wanted to do anything else? Hmm. Um, I always knew that performing was something that I had to incorporate in my life somehow. Right. Whether that was me being a pediatrician or an ultrasound tech, um, I would figure out a way to perform on the side. But I very quickly would You're wouldn't... pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> You're pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I very quickly realized when I was approaching college that being a doctor or a pediatrician was not something I wanted to study yeah. or be in debt for. Um, and so me and my dad were talking about colleges. He's like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to perform. Me. <laughs> But I didn't want to study Shakespeare, so I didn't want to get a theater degree. So I studied film. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I wanted to go to Disney to see if I could be in a show. Really? That's yeah. What, that's what you said? In college. Like, I was like, there's a Disney college program. I wonder if I could ever do that. I should go and, like, just audition, you know? And that was... Interesting, because not a lot of people just say... Uh, Disney, that's the place that, you know. Well, I knew that like LA and New York was like, oh yeah, I'll do that later once sure. I do Disney because I love Disney. Right. And like, I want to do Disney first. So like, I'll do that and then I'll go be in LA and New York. But, uh, You're such a good Valley girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, so that was, I knew that I wanted to do performing for a living when I chose my college. Where are you from originally? Eugene, Oregon. Oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Cricket. 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 Hello? Yeah, that place. Hello? Okay, that's good. Help! All right, that's funny. Have you taken voice lessons ever? Um, or are you self-taught? Uh, I'm mostly self-taught. I mean, like, I mean, I do take voice. I, I used to take voice lessons. Uh, Melanie Galliardo is an amazing vocal teacher and vocal coach. She's now become kind of a pseudo, pseudo vocal coach. So I'll go to her. Like, I talked about it kind of on the last episode. Uh where I don't really have someone I go to, uh, like, to, you know, to do, you know, vocal exercises. It's more of one of those things where I'm like, hey, I'm having trouble with the song. Will you help me out? So she's more of a vocal coach now. But, mm -hmm. you know, going through high school, like, I went to a performing arts middle school mm. and a performing arts high school. Mm. Um, Davenport School of the Arts and Harrison School of the Arts, which, side note, I lived in, uh, I, I went to high school in, da in Davenport. So close to here. Um, I'm from New York, but I went to Davenport. And my school was in Lakeland. And Whoa. it's a 45-minute drive. Woof. 
but the bus but we take the bus every morning right so but this this was like the school to go to if you were if you were a performing art kid right yeah and so uh i got up at four every morning the bus picked me up at four fifteen, and i would yep 100 percent. and we would all they, they would make a whole bunch of stops i would transfer buses like school buses three times oh my word to get um to school around like 7 30 and then same thing um buses uh we would be picked up at two uh the school would end at two we'd be picked up at 2 15 and we wouldn't get home until 4 30 4 45 it was like a thing like you had to be committed wow. to the school yeah um uh that was just a random side note but but at those schools yes like they actually make you take voice lessons so wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah which is cool so like lily uh lillian valente who was like my, my classical teacher and all those kind of things so yeah i'm, I'm uh, but for the most part um, they, taught, they taught me the basics, but I haven't gone consistently, mm-hmm. um, which you should go consistently. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, so you don't have vocal damage. Like, I'm sure I do, but I'm too afraid to go to the ENT. I'm too ENT. afraid. <laughs> it's like the dentist. I don't want to know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, obviously, I know you came to Disney mm-hmm. because uh, that's, why, that's what brought you to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I know nobody knows their future. But do you actually plan to stay here? That's a good question. Um, You know, moving from my hometown Mm -hmm. to the complete other side of the country uh, was a big step for me. And it's great that Orlando feels like home. Um, So, yeah, I love it here. Yeah. I love being here. I love the the amount of things to do, the all kinds of new things that are coming in and out, the people that come in and out, you know, it's so diverse here and there's so many people and so many opportunities here. Mm-hmm. I can see myself having a really good quality of life here. Sure. So that is definitely not out of the question to stay here. Absolutely. And what you know, would, what would make have you it leave? as a base. Um, if I somehow had enough of an income to sustain myself in LA, I would much rather live in LA than New York. Um, because I love the sun and I love the culture of LA better. Um, and there's a lot more film opportunities and I've always seen myself being in the movies. So you went to college for it. Yeah. (laughs) So that would be, that would be the cool place if I found a way to sustainably live there. But for now, Orlando is home. Right. No, for sure. And that's. I know, and that's the opposite of what we're preaching. I was just always curious because, like, I don't know. You know. Obviously, that's why I like to preach it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, preach about it being a base, just right. because I don't know if we're. Oh, that was the air conditioner. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're always going to be here full time, but it will definitely be the place that if I come back anywhere, mm-hmm. Orlando will be the place I come back. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that because my next question is, goals always change, mm-hmm. but what is your end goal? Now, as of where you are right now, what do you see you and your wife's end goal? Oh, man. Uh, I have paths. Yes. That I would like to take. Please divulge. I uh, Well, I don't want to just spend all day on this, but I mean, like we, uh, my Orlando path is um, if I, if I decided to stay here um, and, you know, okay, so. I'll go back. So my New York path is I would at some point, let's say, you know, because I do go up and audition every every once in a while and I use Orlando as a base. Um, I would like to, you know, live the dream, mm-hmm. the, the whole Broadway thing. You know, your film, I'm theater. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, um, uh, I would 
we'll, we'll still podcast coast to coast. Right, of course. Uh, Skype is a thing. Right, but um, I, that's, I, you know, that would be the dream, would be, um, you know, New York and Broadway and stuff like that, but that's, that's one path. And then the other path would be... Um, I would like to, once I'm aged out of everything, <laughs> uh, uh, I would like to be a, um, a Disney a Disney World show director. Um, oh, that's amazing. If I, if I, you know, because I, uh, I direct things, um, you know, original works and things like that. But I, you know, and I, uh, people who know me, I have such a fin- an, an affinity for the parks, um, especially Disney World, because uh, my parents... Uh, it's cool that I work there now because it's kind of the passing down the torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife works there, and I would love to be able to create things there. Um, so those are my two paths for my, for my future. I love, yes. Yeah. My next question is dating in the industry. So I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> um, oh, because I already asked that question, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna ditto you because I, I we already talked about a question. Um, I want to know I want to know your end goal. My angle. Um, for you and for you and your boyfriend, or just, <laughs> just you in general. Yeah. So, like I said, Orlando is home for now. Um, I really want to, like you said, Orlando is a great base. Right. So, I want to establish a lot of different opportunities here, and then also go to New York and try for try for the Broadway thing see what happens go to LA see what uh, film opportunities I can get or um you know take a cruise contract at some point right here um go audition in Atlanta um Louisiana Mississippi just like have it be so secure and established here well as much as it can get um and then just go to other places constantly and just right. see see what happens you know um i guess because now is a good time to do that i guess it's hard to ask you know like a performer a young a younger performer to be like what's your future what's your goal because right. you, you'll never know right you you that's why i was like i, I have a couple paths but like right because my goal could be from now and even four months in the future could be totally different based on what the four month past four months have happened mm-hmm. um but like because I gave you, I gave you my Orlando goal. What's your like? Let's pretend, you, you know, you're you're gonna um, you have a family and you're you yes. want to stay in this lifestyle. What is yeah. your Orlando goal? <laughs> I would love to be involved with Hoopty Doo or Frozen Sing Along, as <laughs> that's, you know, that's your Orlando the historians goal. crack me up, and I would just love to be involved in those shows and. You know, picking up my kids. So you, you after, want to further your career work. at Disney? Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Absolutely. And somehow maybe be involved in creative or being a stage manager, um, be on the other side of things and learn how a show runs. And I think that would be really interesting. Yes, yeah, so we'll be show dire- dire- uh, directing buddies at <laughs> Disney World. There we go. And also like voice acting. I would like to continue doing voice acting. She's going to be on, she's gonna be on, car- on a cartoon. I hope so. <laughs> Hell yeah. What's your favorite role to date that you've done slash project in Orlando that you've been involved in? Yes. Sorry. Um, that's hard, girl. Bruh. Christina asking the real questions. Bruh. Um, okay. I really like original. I like being part of original works. Um, uh, Alexander Sajoyan, 
who we talked about last time. Uh, he um, he did he did a lot of stuff while he was in town, um, and I just really like being a I'll, I'll just call it the Alexander Sage Oyen project because he we did like a couple shows kind of back to back. We did a show called Money Shot the Musical. <laughs> it's all about it's like Legally Blonde meets a porn star. Um, it, it, it's basically like this girl who wants to be an aspiring actress and blah 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 gets kind of swept up in the porn industry and it's, uh, it's really funny but it's like it's got the pop music too like Legally Blonde it's really interesting then we did A Night Like This which is a drama about like a dead soldier in the war who you think he's alive but he's not it's really cool so like I love new work so I'll call it like my favorite project is Alexander Sage Oyen project but in theater my favorite thing that, I, uh, that, I, I've, that I've done and that I could play that role forever was um, I was uh, uh, the MC in Cabaret. Mm. From, uh, um, uh, and I just messed around and literally just talked in a German accent. And uh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I just literally messed around. It was awesome. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, can I ask you that same question? I know we're not supposed to do this, yeah. but I'm just yeah. curious. Um, in Orlando, I want to say... My favorite was probably uh, my first play to Luna at Art Stake Studios, which is a acting studio. Um, they have an annual showcase called Play to Luna, and I was cast by David Meneses in a show called Newscasters in Love, and okay. I played three different characters. I played uh, <laughs> a really sassy street smart, street smart witness um, in this news story, and I was just talking about. The filet mignon. He was just out there eating his filet mignon, right? And then we was just, we were just here. And then he was like talking to this girl. And he was like, I just got to play this extremely get out ghetto Jersey girl. And that was really funny. And then my other character was this wacky weather reporter. Her name was Charlotte and everything was insane. Everything was, this is a big deal, guys. There's a storm coming, okay? Oh, oh and I wore like really big glasses and then you my, know what that sounds like? It sounds like a Jennifer Coolidge. It makes me want a hot dog real bad. That makes me want a hot dog <laughs> real bad. Oh, nice. oh, you look like the 4th of July. That's a solid. That's a solid <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then my third character of that show was Sasha. I was a E E fashion reporter oh, who was super sassy and I had my best gay friend reporter who was also there with me but we were like kind of competing with each other for the spotlight and so it was like these three amazingly different characters That's that awesome. I all just, that, that we just got to play and mess around in and I got a best actress award for it over there at the at the studio so that was an amazing time um doing that at art's sake I'd, I'd book you for a voiceover like you can't I, I can only hear it but I'd book you for a voiceover role just on what just on that monologue I was like come on voiceover like I love that that was great thank per you personalities <laughs> okay are we gonna talk about failure now now we can talk about failure <laughs> now we're getting real deep guys this is where it starts sounding like NPR well and I wanted but we wanted to discuss this because um you know we talked about it last week but I'll, I will bring it up again real quick for anybody who didn't listen last week mm -hmm. Um, that we had a girl uh, kind of reach out uh, from Ontario and she said that she loves the podcast but it kind of did the opposite effect for her she feels like um, she does not have the training uh, or, or the you know or the the talent to be here in Orlando and and, and uh, yes don't get me wrong we definitely want to set the bar as high as we can here in Orlando because yeah. you know we 
we want to be put on the map or we are on the map kind of, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, um, but it doesn't always start, you know, start out with these, we're, we're not all huge, talented buttholes. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we are, we're people who are constantly training here in Orlando and getting better at our craft. It doesn't always start out like this. So we definitely want to talk about, you know, how we get, how, how you know us and our friends have gotten to these places right and, and all the failures we've gotten there you know so I'll I'll, I'll start it off real quick you sure know, I've just you know let's just say let's say one crazy failure okay um it just my, mine's super short um uh it took me and and I would say I'm I'm not sure to my own horn but like you know I I've, I've worked professionally um for about 15 uh, 10 to 15 years now but it took me uh, a thirteen times uh, to uh, I mean, thirteen auditions to, to get actually get hired at Disney. Wow, thirteen! And there are some people that you know um, literally walk in the first time and they're like, "Boom, done." Uh, so you know, and whatever you want to chuck it up to, not the right time, whatever. But I mean, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen all right away. That's my like. That's I think that's the one thing I'm like, man, that was that was that was like my one big failure. Is like it took me 13 times. It does not happen right away. No, it does not. Yeah, um, I want to add on to that by saying too, like every time you go into the audition room, it is not like you're doing the finale episode of American Idol in there. It's like your voice is cracking. You're super awkward in the room. I know a lot of times that I've auditioned for stuff. For Disney, I have been so awkward and oh, I've been right. so, my voice has not cooperated with me. There were times when I've cracked in front of them. There were times when I tried to make a choice and they didn't laugh. <laughs> and there were times when I went in there and I was like, hey, how's it going? Okay, I'm ready to go. And then I just started too soon and they wanted to like talk to me for a second. I was like, oh, right. You guys, you want to you wanna talk to me for a second? Right, right, right. And then I was just too nervous and I gave really superficial answers that I could have delved deeper into if I just relaxed sure. a little bit. Um, so your auditions are not going to be like 100% all the top all the time either. So I, I guess my biggest failures were my auditions, the yeah. really awkward ones, the ones that I was like, wow, that nope, big no. And then funny enough, some of those you actually get hired from. So sometimes your failures can be just fine. And I do, uh, no, and we're, we're going to get real deep here, aren't we? Um, failure is, especially in this industry, failure is not a bad thing. Hmm. Um, you know, and even in any industry, but you know, you, you can read this on a poster in, in a therapist's office, sure. but it's, you know, failure is the, is the step is the next step to success. You know, there's, you can't, you can't have success without failure because you know, how do you know what you're doing wrong? Um, so, um, yeah, we're going to ask uh, some uh, questions just about, you know, what are you know, failures or how we how we grow from them, all those kind of things. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll start. Right. Yeah. Just turn. really quick before oh, before we start asking questions, I just do. I just do want to tack on just to answer that girl's question from Ontario. Yes. Um, I think when it comes to being feeling inexperienced or like you don't have enough training, Orlando is a good place to get that training. There's so many resources here like vocal coaches and acting classes and studios that you can really buff up your skills. But also don't feel like you're inexperienced if you haven't had a professional credit or something, you know? Right. Like if anybody who's been doing theater throughout school or college, you have just enough experience to go in there and, and wow them 
with an audition. The great thing about being here is that it, the audition room, you can really make your mark and you don't have to be super experienced. I think as long as you do a really good job in, and really have fun with your audition, that's what's going to do it. I want to talk about a lot of her stories first um, and like, and like our friends that, you know, some of their stories, but, um, uh, and I don't want to get too like therapeutic about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, rejection is huge in our industry. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just kind of want to know, like, what's the, what's in your opinion, what's the best way to take a rejection in, the, in this industry? What's your mindset? You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I ultimately just think that there was something that I couldn't control. Cause I look at, if I didn't get something, I look at, okay, what did I do that I could have done better for myself? Like how, how did, how do I rate that audition? Okay. What could I have done better? Okay, cool. I'll do that next time. But anything other than that, I can't control. So it, you know, I have my moment of like, okay. All right. Move on. Sure. Um, Cause there's so, I, I think having, knowing that there's so many other opportunities in this town to do other work is helps you get over the rejection. Right. I because mean, you're like, okay, well there's going to be something else. So you kind of move on a little bit faster, I think. And there's always something else. Yes. Always. Yeah. What's your mindset going into an audition room? Oh. So especially, I think for a lot of people, maybe listening to this podcast, it might be a Disney audition room. Sure. So you go in there, you get your number, you show up early, you see the cattle call, the everybody all in there. Yeah. What's your mindset? Well, based on our previous question about am I under an under pressure per- kind of person, I don't know if I'm the best person to no, ask. No, but <laughs> you're clearly here doing the thing. So. Sure. Uh, so um, I do my best. Uh, I One, I'm, uh, I hate auditioning. That's my least favorite part about the industry. Auditioning is the worst. Uh, and some people love it. Which I'm like, good for you. You know, that's I've awesome. I've yet to meet someone who oh actually loves it. They're like, oh, I love the thrill. And I'm like, well, you're a psychopath. Um, <laughs> uh, but Please come on the podcast and talk to us about it. Oh, yeah. If you love auditioning, please reach out and let us know why. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, dreamers at gmail.com or Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think my mindset is I, I really try um, not to care. And I know that's weird. I mean, obviously, prepare and sound good and warm up and, I mean, care in those things. But um, I try to – you say, what's your mindset? You know, try, What do you think about – I try not to overthink, I guess. Because if if you do, there's, there's a list – you know, this, if you're a person like me who overthinks too much, you start spiraling. Uh, and you know you get into that uh, you get into that room and then you start sizing up everybody in the room. You're like, oh, oh, that person's gonna get over me. I'm sure. Oh, that person is uh, muscly and I'm not. And that you know he's he's gonna get it. And then you start to get in your mind like, why am I even here? And then it's it's a terrible, terrible rabbit hole. So uh, let's. I go into the audition room. I get my number. I say hi to Greg because he's he's the one who runs the uh, Disney. Shout auditions. out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> um, and he and uh, I. Um, play on Facebook and just try not to think about it. Or right. I, if there's someone there that I know, I'll say hi for three seconds. I don't love to talk to people at auditions just because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, 
I, I, I like to be prepared, but not too prepared. It's, it's a weird thing. So if I'm, t if I, if I, if I see Christina at the audition room, I'm like, what's up, Christina? And yeah. then I totally forgot about my audition and then yeah. I'm screwed. Uh um, <laughs> so I guess, you know, in one, in one sentence, my mindset is, is, is try not to overthink it. Yeah. Because you know your abilities and you're going to go in there and you're going to do what you're going to do. And they're going to like you or not. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. So don't right. overthink it. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll, this is a good question. Is there a certain role or company uh, that you work for? Uh, except for Disney because we know we, there's so many shows happening there. Mm. Um, that rejects you consistently but you continue to go back to. Um. And why? <laughs> Universal. <laughs> Universal Studios. Universal. I. It maybe it's just the timing, you know. Uh, I think that's a very big thing, but for some reason, you know, I go to the actor calls. Right. Um. I wait in the lines. I get my number, and I and I do some. You know, my. I feel like I've had really good auditions for them, um, and I get a callback. I've gotten a callback for two shows over there. Um, Why do you reject Christina? I don't know. It's it must be the timing. I don't know, uh, or maybe I just really suck. I'm not sure. No, stop. But it. The, I've never gotten a role um, with Universal yet, um, but I've auditioned for them many times. Uh, I think one of the roles I would love to do would absolutely be one of the Banshees. Really? I'd love to do the, to uh, be involved with that show. Yeah. The Chris, uh, Celestina and the Banshee um, show at Harry Potter Diagon uh, Alley. Diagon yeah. Alley at Harry Potter World Universe Studios. Yeah, they just they sing beautifully. They have beautiful costumes. So um, wh why do you go back? Is, is that that's my uh, that's so like so obviously that's the that's the company that does it. But what makes you continue to go back? Um, even though you get rejected every. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Because it's like my inner challenge of like, I want to see if I can do this. Okay, for you. You know? Um, so that's what keeps keeps me going back there because I haven't done it yet. I haven't I haven't uh, been involved with any any shows over there through the Universal Studios uh, title. So you're like, I know I can do this. I know. I, I want to get in there. Cool. Let me get in there. Let, me, let me get better enough to get in there. Let me get in there. Let me get in there. <laughs> um, what's your worst audition story? Girl. Like, what was something that you just, you remember just bombing? It was my very first film audition. And that's why I really don't do a lot of film. Oh, no, you were scarred. I, I was a little, I was, like, um, I just, like, uh, I had an agent, but I didn't have a lot of training in film. So, you know, I know you go in there and slate and you do all this kind of stuff. Um, so this was for the in-betweeners. Do you know that show? No. Uh, uh, but it was for a bully. Apparently I do a lot of bully roles. Uh, You're tall. <laughs> You're just really tall. I, I am tall. Um, uh, and in theater, when you, do, when you, when you have a callback, you know, you, uh, um, and this was here. This is actually in Orlando. But when you, in theater, when you have a callback, you, you know, when you're reading a script, you say the line. You typically, you don't do what's in the parentheses because, you know, it's, that's 
stage action that you're not going to do necessarily in a callback. Uh, you're there to just, you know, express emotion, so see if you can do the role, etc. Blah, blah blah. Right. But in this audition, I, I was, you know, it was like I, I was I was supposed to walk up to this kid, be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Get out of here!" And then this kid was supposed to like kind of challenge me, and I was supposed to take his head and bash him into the water fountain, and uh, and like laugh or something. I don't know. So I'm, you know, I'm saying the lines, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets to the point where in parentheses takes his head, bashes in the water fountain, and I didn't do anything because I just right. assumed we were going to keep on going. And she just sits there and waits for me. She goes, well, it's like, what? She's like, you have to, you know, you got to act like you're bashing his head in so, you know, we can see your your, your strength or your your, uh, your angry face or right. whatever. And I was like, What? And then I, at that point, I was like flustered. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know? Uh. No, like, I, you know, I, 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 it wasn't that bad, but I was so like flustered and blown away by it. I was, I was like, I, I don't I don't know what I'm doing for film. I no. So, oh, oh, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I still do a couple film things every once in a while. But I that was the most scarring audition I've had where I oh. walk into a room and I feel like I absolutely have no idea what i'm doing right yeah so i mean is that a thing in film like do you have to act everything out on camera like it it depends so like you definitely want to look like you're doing something on camera yeah but you don't want to like mime it so like in the frame uh, at least for auditions you don't want to mime it because it just looks pretend so they they tell you to like not do that as much so like if i'm a bartender and i'm like giving myself business like i'm gonna do that off screen so i'm gonna like wipe it something off screen so it looks like I'm wiping something sure but as far as like miming something you don't want to like mime it also what I've learned is um like you were told I'm sure like stage directions don't mean anything to actors because we're you know we want to interpret it ourselves we'll get there on the day and then we'll do the action right the stage directions are are for the producers who have to read the script and envision it in their minds that's not for the actors um so we're you know I was taught to like blackout all stage directions right and just go with the lines and whatever's a given in the script if it's talked about you do it but if it's not talked about you don't have to do it so what you're telling me is that that casting director was wrong and i am right a liar yes (laughs) (laughs) your your instincts were spot on my film really yeah i mean unless it was talked about in the script that you bashed his head in no, I'm it literally. Uh, I'm, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but your instinct was right. Okay. Oh. Oh. This is. Let's get deep. Oh boy. Uh, is there a role that you landed? So that's a that's a success. Okay. But the show itself ended up being a failure. Was that success worth the failure? Was the success of you landing that role worth the failure of the show? So it, it, that's. That's so. Funny. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, I did book something. I'm going to be super vague, guys. I did book something that really jump-started everything for me. Yeah. With a, with a certain company. Um, but it was a terrible failure. Oh, no. It was a terrible failure. It, it, it's closing, basically. Um and it went through so many rewrites 
it went we went through six rehearsals sure uh rewrites and it was not liked and but it did jumpstart a lot of things for me so of course the failure and all those rehearsals and all the work was worth it absolutely but to see it my very first thing kind of go belly up is a little sad sure it's sad but 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 you're you're just saying that no matter what the success well the success of you landing that role was worth the fit was worth the failure of the show as a whole yes it because it got any... me it got me my foot in the door so, so uh, the failure of the show didn't have any repercussions of, on you like long term like oh that's the girl from that terrible show oh no that's good no 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 but uh you know you you're very emotionally invested in your first thing sure and so it's when you see it fail it's like now, is that ever something you think about, like, um, that this role, if this whole project ends up being bad, could give me failure in the long run because I'll be known as that person from this terrible project? No, in this situation, it wouldn't be that type of thing. But, but I see where you're gen- coming from. Just generally, though. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so because... I I did my part. I did my job. Sure. I did the best that I could. And if people are remembering it and remembering me like, oh, wow. <laughs> that gr- <laughs> you know, and I knew that I did the best I could. That's not my responsibility. Yeah, great. You know. Awesome. So, yeah, don't don't worry if anything outside of your control happens like that. It is not your fault. <laughs> what do you wish someone had told you before you started performing professionally? What is something you wish you knew earlier on? Negotiate your your pay. No I'm kidding. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. Uh, no. Um. What is something? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, and someone did tell me that. I just wasn't listening. Oh. <clears throat> um. Uh, and th- that's not to say that I'm obviously I'm. I'm very happy where I am and I've, I, and I've gotten a lot of success and I will hopefully continue to grow and get success. But it is an interesting thing, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a serial monogamist career wise. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, I was at the, uh, I was at a regional theater, um, for six years. Like, and I didn't move on from that theater. And then I was at a different place for, you know, three years and I didn't move on from that place. And so it was, I was like fully invested in this one thing. And obviously I had like little side projects here and there, but I was, uh, whenever I, I got a show or a project or a long running show, I like just dove into it a hundred percent. I like, I was like, that's it. This is what I'm doing. Let's go. Um, but as I later on, um, and now you, as you know, we're, we're, you know, we have eight different projects happening at the same time, which mm-hmm. is, uh, so much more fulfilling and uh, and it's possible to do it here so I you know and now because I have eight different projects going on my my career is speeding up quicker mm-hmm. than it ever had before so I always wonder had I started putting my eggs in sure other baskets other baskets earlier would what I have you know gone would I have rocketed much quicker sure or did everything happen for a reason because I dove in headfirst 100% to every 
three-year, six-year project, um, is that the reason that I am pseudo-respected now because I was able to do that? You know, so it's one of those things that it's always there's always be a, there'll always be a what if. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I think that would that someone did tell me that, but I I wish uh, I I I wonder what would have happened if I had listened to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's your advice to people overcoming failure? Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, we know we know failure is good in some ways, it's bad in some ways, but just give me a blanket statement, mama. Cause mm-hmm. that's what you're good at. Um, what's your advice? Remember that every day is a blank slate that you may have failed at something and it may have sucked and you are in those emotions and you're like beating yourself up and you're, feeling really bad (laughs) um but then just remember that the next day you can start over literally blank slate and as long as you think honestly about what you think you could do better just take that with you next time that's literally all you can do you can only do your best at any given time so Every day is a blank slate and you are not defined by what happened yesterday. That was dope. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, okay. So let's, all right. So just, just to end this, end this interview with each other. Yes. Um, let's talk about uh, the defining moment of where you said, yep, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, that's good. Well, both. Well, uh, do you want me to start? Or you want to start? You start. Uh, okay. So, um, my parents were performers at Disney. Uh, and okay, wait. Oh, quick sidebar. Uh, uh, my parents were, are divorced, and um, but back in the '90s, if you were uh, if you had a if you were divorced and you basically a single parent, you got to bring your kid backstage. Um, and so it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, and I, I literally sat backstage at like Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, and like Jungle Book, the musical, it was ridiculous. And like Hoop to Do, it was insane. Um, which, and I'm pretty sure I am the sole reason that that is not allowed anymore because, uh, it was like backstage at Hunchback of Notre Dame and this tech was really nice to me. And he's like, Hey, you want to come ring these bells? And I was like, yeah, I do. I was like five or seven oh or I don't goodness. know. And so I like. I like went up and uh, and he, I started. I got to ring. It's like a big pulley system, and then I started ringing the bells, and my fingers got caught in the pulley system, and I wasn't hurt. It just scared me. I was like, ah, and I started crying because I was young, and uh, um, and I, I I don't remember, but I think that I don't think I was allowed backstage ever again. But that was. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, sorry to all the singer mothers who can't bring their children backstage anymore because of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, but the defining moment was really, um, uh, watching, watching my parents perform at Disney. It was, it was so cool and I could spend so much time at the parks and that's uh, another reason I just love the, the theme parks. Um, I, you know, I sat in the house and watched my mom sing God help the outcasts, uh, and just, you know, and my dad do, uh, six bits and hoop to do review and uh, all the, and he was part of the Streetmosphere guys at Hollywood Studios, and he used to uh, 
do these bits with me. They like the truck boys used to have this bit where they did where they did this bit called water break, and so uh, yeah, and so like the boss, I know he would let me play the uh, or no, he would play the boss, and I'd be like, hey, hey, uh, where where we going to work? He's like, okay, we're gonna go over here, and then uh, someone would say water break, and then we would have to immediately stop what we were doing and then go get some water, and then the boss would be like, no, 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 we're, we're gonna go over here, okay, and then an alarm would ring, we go water break, and we would just play this like fun game. And it was it was those moments that I was like, yep, yep, I know I'm five, I know I'm seven, but it's the only thing I know how to do, so this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. What a unique experience to take with you in, as a performer. Oh, sure. Um, I think for me, <laughs> uh, I used to, when I was about five or seven, same, same age range, yeah. my dad would make me these videotapes of this Mexican band um, from the 80s. Yeah. Um, they started as kids. It was a kid band cool. called Timbiriche. And they would sing in like matching uniforms and outfits. And oh, throughout this tape that I would watch all the time, they grew up into teenagers and then adults. They've been performing their whole lives. And I would just, you know, sing all the songs in my bed and then like watch the behind the scenes interviews. And I was just like, I can do that. I want to do that. I want to do that because awesome. like I saw them as kids. I saw them as teenagers. I saw them as adults. And so just seeing this career of performing and I, I was inclined to do it. I was always singing and I was always being dramatic and I was, I was, I was in plays in school. Fast forward to my college program and I did, I was involved with frozen sing along on my CP. I was uh, ops. Cool. I was I was just watching the show every day. Yeah. And that moment where everyone's singing Let It Go. Singing in quotation marks. <laughs> they were singing Let It Go. And I was just like, this is magical. Yeah. This is so magical. And this is this is something that they that's a daily thing. Yeah. And you can do this at you know, for a living. Hey. And I think that's amazing. Hey, and it was always stop, stop crying. Stop. Oh my god, I'm not crying. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I'm not crying. <laughs> so yeah, it's just you know, things all coming full circle. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this was fun. This was so fun. Oh my gosh, I feel like I just got to know so much about you. I know. Oh, and everyone got to you know know so much about us, and I think that's pretty important. Yeah, um, uh, and we are so pumped. We have a, such a fun episode next week. We do. Um, uh, we have it's, we have more uh, two more brilliant female comedians coming in. We can't wait to announce it. So make sure to check out next week. Uh, if you have any any comments about failure or or how you got started or anything like that, or uh, or if you love auditioning, please let us let know. us know, and we will feature you. We will have a whole episode dedicated <laughs> to you. But reach out to us on otondreamers at gmail.com. You can also find us. Uh, that's all one word, by the way. Uh, and you can also reach us on Instagram and Facebook at otondreamers. O dash towndreamers. Um, uh, oh, if you're listening to um, uh, us on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, make sure to. Uh, review us and give us a five-star review let us know what you're thinking yes we love that um yeah and uh subscribe follow all that kind of fun stuff we love you guys uh anything else christina um keep doing the thing 
keep, it'll eventually work out. Yes, keep, keep going. Because there's, there's a place for you here in the industry and here in Orlando. Because yep. remember, we, we dream, dream for, for a living. living. Peace. Bye, guys.